Welcome to We Got Your Mac from SHI. If you're an enterprise executive or business leader trying to decide if Mac adoption at scale is right for your organization, this is the show for you. This week's hosts are Victoria Barber and Kevin English. Hi, Kevin. It's good to be back. Really pleased to be talking to you again for another episode of We Got Your Mac. Hi, Victoria. You look great. We've mentioned a couple of times that Kevin went to the Jamf Nation user conference recently and that I joined in online. So we thought we'd share some of the highlights now that we've had time to digest and discuss and in some cases watch the replays more than once. So for me, the highlight of the event would have been Kevin's session, obviously, but that wasn't available online, so I'm okay to to choose something else. And that was Fletcher Previn talking about Mac at scale in both his time at IBM and his time at Cisco. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting too. It took the C-level view of what Mac in the enterprise actually does. And Fletcher and his team are phenomenal. I worked with them over the last decade in different capacities at different customers. And it's it's spot on to what we're talking about on this on this show. It's like, you know, who even chooses Mac? It was really interesting the way he talked about the importance of being properly prepared for deploying Mac at scale, for getting the engagement, for really understanding the user requirements. And I really like the fact that he'd done that level of analysis because when we talked to, to Dave about business cases, one of the things that you and I had been discussing was the fact that always prepare business cases well, and they don't always measure the results well enough to really demonstrate the benefits. And this is a really good example of getting everything right and being able to demonstrate how much how well you've done. Yeah, it's not shocking that, you know, 96% of the product designers and 74% of engineers choose Mac. It's also not shocking that only 9% of the financial analysts use it, but I think what's important are these, you know, total cost of ownership, how much you're saving in terms of support costs for self-maintainers that use Mac. I also think it's it's really telling to see across all these folks that actually choose Mac, what's your communication plan to even tell them that Mac's available, right? Like we're talking about Mac, but who told them that that was an option? that they could choose. So Fletcher Previn's ability to, to implement choice across multiple Fortune 500 organizations is, is staggering. I also thought it was uh, interesting that he said that his data showed that either the Macs make people more productive or the employees who choose Mac are already more productive employees. But either way, his data is showing that productivity. And I think it's really important because that's what, at the end of the day, what your leadership team or your board understand is the data. You know, you can say, yeah, Kevin looks 3,000% happier because he's got a Mac, but is Kevin 10% more productive? Is Kevin 10% less productive because he's got his Mac? And being able to prove that that 3,000% happier is making you 10% more productive is what really matters to the board because they might not care how happy Kevin is unless it has an impact on his productivity or otherwise. Yeah, the data is just telling the story that's in my gut, right? Yeah. It's a gut feel that we've, we've known forever. Having examples like this with real customers like Cisco who've made a concerted effort to offer choice have seen that the end customers do end up choosing Mac more frequently and that there's real benefits of a mixed environment. 
we've already actually put the TCO calculator that they developed and open sourced up on the, the resources for episode three because it's a fantastic, really detailed calculator that they've developed. It's got no agenda in it because I think they, he mentioned that a lot of TCO calculators that you see they're they're built by by the manufacturers and and they you know there's always a concern they have inbuilt bias but this is built by a business to try and right, make the right decisions so they've open sourced it so if anybody wants to have a look at that if they just go to the resources page on we got your Mac then they can can find that there yeah it's on GitHub. It's shocking to see that there's a non-biased, you know, template for enterprises to determine, you know, total cost of ownership. As Victoria mentioned, there's things out there by trade magazines or by by the manufacturer of the device themselves, but we'll have to assume that they're biased in some regard. In this instance, the TCO calculator that we published is open source. You put your own data in it and you come up with your own conclusions. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. So I th think all, all we have to say is go and have a look on the resources page and have a look at it and make use of it. It's freely available and it's been developed by Cisco. So it definitely works because they're demonstrating that it's successful. In today's episode, we're discussing how to make sure your end users and technical teams are prepared for the transition to Mac at scale. There are a lot of things to consider that impact on the end user experience. So today we're joined by Kristen Hubler, a training and adoption expert who will walk us through how to manage the change we're about to unleash on the organization. Thanks for joining us, Kristen, and welcome to We Got Your Mac. Thanks for having me. So one of the reasons that Kevin and I are really keen to have you on, Kristen, is because when we've been talking to a lot of people now about in Mac adoption, we've recently found that some of our colleagues and maybe friends as well, who've opted to start using Mac, particularly at work, have actually found adapting to them has taken maybe a little longer than either of us expected. <laughs> it's funny. I like to compare it to like getting in a rental car. You know, you get from the airport, you know how to drive. You've been in a car before, so it's nothing new. And yet it can feel like a spaceship sometimes where, you know, you don't know where everything is. And you might take a few minutes and you can figure it out. But at the end of the day, are you actually using all the features of that car? Do you know where the heated seats are? Do you know how to use cruise control? Most of the time people don't. And so when we switch to devices, it can be very easy to oversimplify and just think, all right, yeah, I did it here. I can do it over there. But there's always a learning curve, even when it's easy to use and even when you love it. I mean, for me personally, I am Apple all the way in my personal life. I've got a Mac. I've got iPhone. Do not invite me to a chat where the bubbles are green. All right. Like I'm, I'm diehard Apple. And yet in my work life, I use a PC right now. All of my tricks that I use, all of my shortcuts, all of my processes are around, uh, are not around an Apple computer. And so it would be, even for me, who loves it, would want it, does it in my personal life, there would still be a learning curve. It would still be hard. So what's different today than change and process management of yesteryear? Like what, what's so different today? 
Yeah, so this is interesting. A lot of people that have rolled out technology deployments, you know, they think, all right, I used to do it this way 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and this is how it worked. This is the budget we used. This is, you know, how we rolled out PCs in the past. So rolling out Mac shouldn't be that different. But really, the world has changed. I mean, think about your life pre-pandemic, right? January 2020, were you in the office every day? Were you working remotely. For a lot of us, all of that changed. And so now our day-to-day work is different because we're we're more hybrid, we're more remote. So there's more technology involved than, than ever before. And then also, you know, the digital transformation, the fact that we're using more technology makes it harder to learn and, and adapt. Imagine if you showed up to work in your the 20th story, you know, of a building. And so you get there and you see all these people walking towards an elevator. Like, all right, best way up to the 20th floor. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna follow them and I'm gonna go on that elevator. Right now, it's like you get to the building on your computer and you don't know an elevator exists. So you're taking the stairs every single day. And it's just because you haven't had the training, no one showed you. And this isn't like a back to the office pitch or anything <laughs> like that. It has nothing to do with that. Because whether you're in the office or at home, the majority of your day is still happening on that computer. And so as we deploy technologies like this, we need to think about you know, how much is happening digitally. And, and that's gonna require more training, more constant training, because another big difference is how the technology deploys now happens much faster. Do you remember like Kevin, Victoria, do you remember the days of, you know, rolling out where you would actually go and you would purchase the software, put it on your computer and it would be good for three years? Yes, I'm old. (laughs) Yeah, I also remember the days of of upgrading things by going and shoving a disc into each individual device. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so when you have upgrades like that, it's a lot easier to say, oh, we're going to do one big excite day. We're going to do one big push. Everyone's getting Mac right now and we're going to roll it out and we're going to do all this training around it. And then everything's just going to be on autopilot for the next few years. It doesn't happen that way. Updates happen constantly. Things change. I mean, it's it's like getting in your car and all of a sudden you've got the shift moved to the other side or something like that. It feels small, but if you're not expecting that, it can be very jarring. And I guess there's an assumption as well that because a lot of the tools that people or the applications that people are using are effectively the same ones, they've got the same names, there's going to be an assumption that actually people don't need to know that because they're using the same browser, they're using the same meeting solution, they're using the same productivity suite, but they're not quite the same, are they? Mm-hmm. They're not only are they not the same, but I can guarantee you, even if they are the same, people aren't using them as productively as they could be. Because for most organizations, it's a common story I see all the time. The pandemic pushed everybody to the technology, to the remote work, and everyone did an amazing job. You know, we survived. Uh, IT teams rolled things out as quickly as they could, provided the support they could. But to this day, I can't tell you how many times I get on a meeting with someone, whether it be WebEx, Zoom, Teams, and people don't know about those simple features that make life not not only more like productive and efficient, but just better, easier. It makes you enjoy your work more. And so not only do we need to be aware, as you said, Victoria, of those those differences between a PC versus Mac, which I'll get to in a second because there are some, but also knowing that 
people still need more training. They need more awareness around what is in the tools, even if they've been using them for years, because there's likely a lot more that they're not aware of. Before you get there, Kristen, yeah. you're talking a lot about the end user. Tell me about the change of the IT department. Like, well, How does the department initiating the change deal with the change? I love talking about, because it's built in right into the name, right? You're giving people a new operating system. You're giving them a new way of operating. And so it's naturally, you have to realize that it's going to operate differently than the system that they had before. And the admin team has to be prepared for that. And so a lot of the time, if you have a, an organization that's been primarily PC focused, the entire team knows how to do that. They know how to do updates. They know all the security around that. And so now they need that same education around Macs, around Apple. And I'd say, Kevin, there's, there's two sides to that. One side is going to be, all right, they need to know kind of how to set it up, how to keep the security up, how to get it running from an admin perspective. But they also need to be aware of the questions end users are going to ask, the challenges that they're going to face. And this is where change management comes into play. Because if you are forcing this change, if you're saying, all right, we were a PC organization, now we're a Mac organization, then you need to get ahead of that, be aware, ask people, hey, how are you working right now? How are you using your PC and making sure that you can communicate those differences to them? If this is a volunteer thing, people raising their hand, hey, can I have a Mac? Then it's also good to make sure that you've got some sort of one pager documentation that gives them that heads up that, hey, you know, the Microsoft tools that you are using on your PC they're going to look different on your Mac. The difference may not matter for what you do in your job, or it may matter a ton. So just making sure that, that people are aware of those differences. So when you talk about educating your, your admin team, your help desk, your support team, they have to know how to run it. And they also have to know what's going to trip up those end users. It's not even just the admins and the people who are doing the support. Actually, it's going to impact on the people who are designing your, your technology solutions, the people who are building them, the people who are procuring them. They all need to know. So even if you put out an RFP for you know, a, a new project, that's got to include the fact that this needs to work with Mac as well as with Windows. Yeah, especially when you have really large organizations, a lot of people may not even be aware that a lot of people have Mac. And so they could go really far into this like project where they're like, all right, this is going to be great. We're going to set this up. It's going to work, you know, a certain way. And then all of a sudden, halfway through, they realize, hey, there's actually 10,000 people on, on Apple and we need to figure out, you know, what those differences are. So that's something that's important to, you know, communicate out if you decide, hey, we're going to offer this. This, making sure that people are aware and you can kind of figure out, hey, what are those things that we need to communicate? Because it will look different for every organization. And that's going to be in any type of change management. When you deploy technology, you need to do a certain amount of discovery. You need to ask your end users, how are you working? Ask those people that are developing those tools, making those decisions. You know, what are your plans six months down the road, 12 months down the road? And make sure that you're able to, to kind of plan around that and incorporate that into what you're doing. Are there generational differences here, Kristen? Like, are there differences <laughs> in younger employees versus 
older? I mean, what what's your view there? Yeah, it's so there definitely are. You know, we're finding that younger generations are more used to Apple, for the most part, you know, generally speaking, are more used to Apple products. You know, they all have iPhones, but as I said at the beginning, you know, I've got my iPhone, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to need training if I start uh, using stuff at work because those workflows are just different. That doesn't mean they know how to use it at work. That doesn't mean they know what those implications, you know, are going to be if they decide to, to make that change. And for the most part, browser applications like Google are going to work the same, whether it's a PC or a Mac, but there are some hiccups that you come across. You know, anything that's going to involve the desktop, like syncing a Google Drive, that will look slightly differently. So again, it's not it's nothing that's going to like mess you up from using it. It's just you have to think about it, communicate that, and make sure people have training on it. If all of your training that you have around your products is centered around a PC, then those Mac users are going to feel left behind. Um, and I, I'm a former Microsoft trainer, and I remember sitting in sessions uh, training on Excel and having people put in the chat, well, I'm using a Mac. And I'm just thinking like, oh, okay, this is going to be very different for you and having to talk through that. (laughs) It looks like it's lots of small bits of friction that are potentially added to people's days if you don't think about the detail that they need to know. It's not the big stuff. It's the little stuff that is going to make them feel less productive, feel more stressed, feel that they're not getting an equal... Uh, experience to to their Windows users peers. That day to day experience, like that's that's what makes or breaks the employer experience. That's what you know makes people stay at a company and stay for years is when they feel like they have the support, they have the technology that it's being addressed. And again, this is something that's different today than it was five years ago, ten years ago when the technology was deployed differently. Kristen, thank you. Tell us about sort of the top three tips you would leave customers with when they're looking to go about change management process? There's so much that you have to remember, but I'd say if I had to pick three, I'd say first one, don't make assumptions. Don't assume that it's going to be easy for everyone. Don't assume everyone knows like the jargon you're using, the language. If you talk about even an operating system, you'd be surprised how many people don't even understand what you mean with that or a browser, like simple terms. So making sure that, you know, you're not making any assumptions of the capabilities or the workflows when you're deploying technology. If you do have assumptions, make sure you validate them before doing any large changes. And then the second is going to be broaden the scope of training. So we often get so tied to the technology of, okay, we're deploying Mac. This is the latest operating system. I'm going to put out some training on that, and then that's it. But really, again, it's that holistic picture of an employee's work life and the way all the tools integrate together. What software are they using? You know, how is that going to be impacted? And, you know, how is it going to be different for each person? So so try to get out of the tiny little, okay, we need this training and then look more into, okay, hey, where are we going six months from now? What type of training do we need to get there? And then have that be your guide. And then finally, establish some sort of on-demand support. This might be e-learning. This might be an intranet site. Anything that people can go to after that live training, after that push. Uh, you know, you if you do everything right, you've probably done a communication plan. You've given them documents to reference, something like that. 
but the next week they're going to be at that, that computer and they're going to forget what you told them. They're going to forget everything that was shared. So make sure you have some sort of source of truth they can visit and then teach people to fish. <laughs> so we don't want the only way for people to get help to be submitting an IT help desk ticket. Okay. Nobody wants that. We want to decrease those. So make sure you establish whatever it may look like at your org, some way for people to go and, and help themselves and keep that training going all year long. Thank you very much for joining us, Kristen. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Kevin and I are going to take a break over the holidays, and that includes taking a break from We Got Your Mac. But we will be back in the new year with some more fantastic episodes. However, if you do find you're missing us over the holidays, then you can always tune in to SHI's other podcast, Innovation Heroes, because I sat down the other day with the host, Ed McNamara, to talk to him about what we've been up to on We Got Your Mac this season. Enjoy the holidays and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. We Got Your Mac is produced by SHI International, a trusted global provider of end-user computing, hybrid infrastructure, and cybersecurity solutions to many of the world's most demanding technology users. SHI has more than 20 years experience helping private and public sector organizations adopt Apple technologies and is an authorized Apple reseller. To be the first to hear or watch new episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and hit the notifications icon. Visit WeGotYourMac.com or SHI.com to solve what's next in delivering Mac at scale across your organization.